I started working out about a year ago at Brian's One-to-One Fitness in Concord, New Hampshire. At Brian's One-to-One, there's a huge whiteboard on the wall. This is where members keep track of their goals as well as the recent lifts they have accomplished within the squat, deadlift, and bench press exercise. I could put a face to all the names on that board, but over to the far right side of that board, over where the strongest of the strong hang out, I saw a name that I didn't recognize. And I noticed that this lifter squatted, bench press, and deadlifted amounts that I couldn't conceive of. Who the hell is this beast, I thought. Well, after asking a couple folks at the gym, I found out this guy's name was Anthony Oliveira and that he had recently moved out to the Midwest. He wasn't working out at this gym anymore. So I tracked him down through social media and I'm really very excited to have Anthony here with me today. Anthony, welcome to the podcast. What's up, man? How's it going? Good, good. So as it is now, where where are you? Uh, I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I've been out here for almost exactly two years. Um, I'm in Columbus now. We're going to be moving to Cincinnati in the next, uh, hopefully, couple weeks. But yeah, I'm out in Ohio, about 800 miles west of you. 800, (laughs) all right. (laughs) Almost exactly a 13-hour drive. Oh, really? Yeah. You've done done a couple times. Yeah, too many, (laughs) too many, so... What is your relationship to Brian and the uh, one-to-one fitness gym? So Brian, uh, <clears throat> we met sort of like in a we. Uh, I did a competition when I was just starting out, and he like he noticed some stuff on social media. He reached out to me, said if you ever want to come work out or, or whatever. And I was working out in like a more of a commercial gym, and uh, he I I interned for him. Basically, was like. I'd like to intern for you. I want to get into coaching. And he basically said, like, you can intern, but there's no opportunity for, like, full-time employment here right now. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, that's cool. I just want to learn, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, I think it was four weeks into an eight-week internship, he offered me a job. Because I was just like, I think he could just tell. I was like, this is all (laughs) I care about. You know what I mean? And, you know, Brian, like, he's like, he loves that mentality. So we just hit it off. And um, I worked there for, uh, I want to say, like, over a year, you know, and became really good friends with him. He he sort of, Brian mentored me in a lot of ways. So, um, like, I uh, I love my dad to death. He's, like, my best friend. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the best man at my wedding. Um, but he's not, like, a t- he's not, like, a tough, you know, like, he's not, like, a pit bull sort of dude right yeah so i appreciate everything that he's ever taught me but um when i met brian he was sort of like a dude that was like a peer but also he was older than me so like he had been through stuff that i hadn't been through yet and i could learn a lot from him so i don't want to say he took on like a a, like a father role but like i looked up to him i looked up to him a lot and i still do i still really respect brian quite a bit he's helped me a lot along the way quite a bit so and it was definitely a balance with that mentality as far as like tough love or I know Brian really tells it like it is. Yeah, he's very straightforward. So like if I told you we never got into screaming matches, I would be lying. <laughs> so like because we're very similar in that way. But 
like when it comes down to it, like we've both had circumstances where we had to go to the other guy and be like, Hey man, like I messed up on this. I apologize. I love you. I apologize. You know what I mean? And, yep. and, and that's why, like, I mean, we can go a month without hearing from each other or whatever and just pick right back up. Like that's my dude. So nice. I, I love Brian. He's, he's, I consider him a very, very good friend. Cool. Yeah. He's been very helpful for me getting started and uh, we, we built a, a good relationship over the last year. Um, so were you already powerlifting when you, uh, before you went into Brian's gym? Yeah. Like I had, so uh, like a little background on me, like just so it makes sense is a little more cohesive. Like, um, I played college hockey. I played hockey my whole life, mm-hmm. 13 years. Um, and then when I came back from, from, and, and I always like partying and stuff, I always liked to party and, and whatever. Um, when I came back, I really, um, come from school. I really fell into like a, a pretty heavy drug addiction mm-hmm. uh, with opiates. And, um, and that was pretty ugly. I did a brief stint with like being homeless and you know, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, when I cleaned up, I sort of like, I needed something that like kind of put me in the right direction. So I had already always worked out my whole life because of hockey and stuff. So I just kind of went to towards the gym and it kind of went from like, I want to get a little big cause I was 147 pounds. Like I was, you know, I'm, I'm like 260 now. So I was, <laughs> you know, literally almost half the person that I am now. So, um, and then I kind of found, you know, that I, I really cared about strength much more than I cared about like my look through like a couple of things. So I just really dedicated myself to strength and like, obsessed read every article watched every youtube video did like the thing because i'm a very extreme person you know what i mean like i got my whole throat tattooed my ears are stretched out like i'm an extreme guy so when i was like i'm gonna do this like i did it so Mm -hmm. when i met brian i had been training specifically for powerlifting i had done i met him after my second powerlifting meet Mm -hmm. um so i wasn't like super serious i mean like i was serious and i thought it was really serious at the time but looking back, I was very novice. Gotcha. Very novice. But uh, like I, w- I needed more direct. I knew like the umbrella, but I needed like to spring my scope of practice in a little bit. Yeah. It was good so, to focus kind of after those hard times, really immerse yourself into something. Yeah. And it's really like it turned into like, uh, like uh, it's an obsession, but it's like it, it helped me get through tough times. And then now I don't use it as a crutch to deal with that. I use it. I do it because I love it. That's not awesome. because I not because I need it for my mental health. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I it grew into something more than that. So nice. So you're still powerlifting now um, at a very elite level. What would you say your short term, long term goals are uh, within it? Um. So I have like my big, big, my big, big goals that I keep under my hat, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like short-term goals, uh, the WPO is coming up in like five weeks, uh, November 11th, um, down in Florida. It's the biggest multiply meet um, for powerlifting that there's been in years. So I want to do well there. There's a lot of guys in my weight class that are significantly more experienced than me. Mm-hmm. So I want to <laughs> do well there. I want to, you know, squat 1,100 pounds. I want to bench six, six and change. And I'd like to pull into the mid sevens with my deadlift. Um, so I have those goals that are short term. And then I have my, 
my long-term goals that are like, I, I tell very few people those goals. <laughs> those are coming just, out. For me, for me, I like to sort of quietly, like I let people know what I'm up to, but like I got other stuff that I'm trying to handle. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's a very, um, it's a slow, like I'm trying to just chisel away at some big, some big numbers. Cause I've only been powerlifting now for, uh, just about five years. So it, a lot of stuff happened really quickly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I'm just sort of getting to the point where I've got to like take little baby steps to get to that next, the, like the next level, you know? Yep. That's so. interesting speaking about your goals because I think it's great to have goals identified and even tell, you know, tell people, but at, at a certain point when you start sharing everything and then you get feedback and people are like, you're amazing. Um, yeah. it actually takes away from, because you're getting that feedback, it actually takes away from, from your desire to like keep going after those huge goals. Yeah. And I, I like, I sort of like, um, having my circle, if there's something I've learned in the last two years, mm -hmm. being as far away from home is that like, I like to have a very small circle of people. And when that circle gets bigger, um, it introduces more obstacles than I'm willing to deal with at this point. I'm 32 years old. Mm -hmm. I don't want to deal with stuff that I don't have to deal with socially, mentally, whatever I don't, I'm not going to do it. So I like keeping my circle real small and those people in there know what I'm about and they know what I want to do and they support it. Mm -hmm. And basically how I feel at this point is like, if you're not bringing any value to my life and you're not elevating me, like I don't really want you in my life. Yep. So that's why I keep my goals kind of like close to the chest. Cause it's like, I tell the people who need to know. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Very cool. Yep. Um, but at, at some point it, it doesn't seem like people can power lift forever. I mean, you can, but I, I'm wondering like, is there an end point in sight? Can you speak to that without, without like revealing the goals or whatever? Is there like a plan? Like at some point I, I can't like keep growing my body. I can't keep like putting the stress on it. Yeah. So like, I don't know, man, like you can, power, that's a cool thing about powerlifting, right? Like you can mm -hmm. do it as long as you can get out of bed, like you can go and, yeah. you know, if yeah. you can squat to parallel, you can do it. If you can bench, you know, whatever. So I, I'd like to say like, oh, I'm going to do it forever. Right. 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 And, and, um, I am willing to sacrifice quite a bit to, or I don't like sacrifice, but I'm willing to, to forego some, some troubles to, to do this you know what i mean like yep. I, I i live a very modest lifestyle because this is my focus and whatever but it's opportunity uh, cost yeah yeah like there's certain shit you have to give up but they're not sacrifices because i'm choosing to do it yeah eventually there's going to come a point where it's like well all-time records for myself are not happening anymore i'm 55 years old like right. i there just comes a point where it's like you don't live forever you know so i would like to stay involved in the sport for as long as I can in whatever capacity that may be. Mm -hmm. I love, I absolutely love coaching people. Yeah. It's been my, it's been a passion of mine since I was very young. So when I can't compete anymore, I want to help other people compete. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and hand down, like if I can add a year of competition to someone else's career by telling them shit to not do that I did, then, then it's worth it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Huge. <clears throat> Be able to give back. Yeah. That's because I've gotten so much help for free and like so many people have helped me and like, I want to like give that back to, 
to whoever you know whoever's willing to work hard i'll help i'll help anyone so yeah now that's awesome you mentioned your dad was a great influence to you and um i listened to another podcast that you want that you were on and uh you, I think he was your hockey coach, or he was a coach. Yeah. Can yeah, you, both. Yeah. Okay. Can you speak a little bit about like your early childhood, your upbringing, and a little bit like how your dad, you know, what effect he had on you? Yeah. So like, I grew up um, in New Hampshire. I'd say like, you know, pretty standard middle class, um, good family. You know, every every family's got their their bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's yep. got their stuff. But overall, like, it was good, you know, went through the whole thing where you hate your parents and blah, blah, blah. And I love my parents to death now. They're, you know, I talk to them every week at least. Nice. Uh, but growing up, I played competitive hockey from a very young age, and I was a goalie. So that's a very high-pressure position. Any mistake you make, it's going on the scoreboard. It's it on doesn't you. It's go, on you. Know, sneak by. <laughs> so, you can't uh, blame the defense. Right, yeah, it's just like if, if they mess up, it might not show up, but if I do, it does. So um, my dad always made it a point, and there were times in my life where I'd be embarrassed to tell the story, but my dad always made it a point before games, all the way up through college. He'd call me before games, and he would just say, hey, man, I want to let you know I want you to do your best, but I love you no matter what happens out there, and I just want you to have, like, you know, show your character. Wow. And that – is something that still means a great deal to me now. Because hmm. um, even like, you know, when you're 15 and you can't stand your parents and you're like, fuck these people. Like, you know, and yep. <clears throat> he would still say that stuff to me before every game. Did you know it was significant at the time? Or uh, were you like, you're kind of telling me it's okay to lose? Or like, what were you, do you remember? So the way that it was to me was like, because he would be the same guy where who he would be like, well, that one that you let in, that was a soft goal. Mm-hmm. You need to focus more. We need to do this or whatever. But, like, to me, it always – like, I brushed it off in my teen years. When I was a little kid, I loved it. Yep. Teen years, you can't stand it. Right. And then in college, you know, I actually had some kids in college bust my balls after a game because we came out of the locker room, gave my mom and dad a hug and a kiss in the oh, lobby really? of the thing, you know, and, like, and they gave me shit about it. And I'm like, dude, if it wasn't for them, right. like, I wouldn't – like. I wouldn't be able to play this. This is an expensive ass sport. Like they, they spent so much money coming up for me to play this. Mm-hmm. So um, the the now they made sac. That's a sacrifice. They were up at five a.m. for me and, and all that stuff. So um, I think that my parents instilled a great deal of like the importance of integrity in me w- with all that. Mm-hmm. And I also think that playing a sport like hockey, where you kind of police yourselves, it's different than other sports in that way. I think that that sort of stuck with me too into my adult years, like where like integrity is the only thing that someone can't take away from. Like they can't, if you have that, that's, you can't be, that can't be taken away from you. Mm-hmm. So the fact that like, A, my dad was like an emotional guy and, you know, he'll tell you like, Hey, I love you no matter what. Mm-hmm. That still sticks with me a great deal. And the fact that it was like all about like having good character you know what I mean? And doing the right thing, whether people were looking or not, that sort of stuck with me too. And I'm by no means perfect, man. I fucked up plenty of times. You know what I'm saying? But those yeah. are things that like really stuck with me as a kid growing up. And like my mom's the same way. Like I'm very close to my mom now, just like in a different sort of way, you know, you have like a different relationship with them. And um, she was the same way. Where like now if I have problems, 
it's either one, whoever's available out of the two of them. Oh, okay. Them, I'll talk to either one of them. <laughs> nice. That's good. That you got both that will listen, you know, or, and give you feedback. I'm very, very, uh, very fortunate with, cool. with my, with my, my parents and stuff. So another thing that I heard, um, on, on another podcast when you were speaking about your dad is that he taught you to admit when you were wrong. Oh yeah. And, uh, that's an incredible lesson. It's, it's like all about humility, you know? And uh, I was wondering, like, how did he teach you that? Did he have, like, did your parents have, like, sit-down conversations where, like, I'm going to teach you a lesson like you felt that? Or was it, like, subtle things throughout the day, like consistency that you well, picked believe, up? We had, we had plenty of sit-downs where they're like, we're going to teach you a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, yeah. you stop and this is why. Yeah. Um, but... I don't know, man. It was more like how he showed, like he coached a lot of hot, like he coached a lot of teams, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And I helped him coach teams too, like coming up, my sister played and everything else. And he would just like, you know, he would learn something new about the game or, or whatever. And he would be like, Hey, we've been doing it wrong. So now we're going to adjust that. Yeah. And it's, oh, he, wow. he always wow. wanted to evolve how he coached mm-hmm. because he wanted to be on that like next level. You know, that like football coach that, you know, that like has been coaching the same way for 30 years and he's always had a terrible team and he just refuses to that guy. Yep. Like, he never wanted to be that guy. Nice. So, and him coming, I mean, my dad came from that era. You know what I mean? He was right. born in, 50, in 1951. Yeah. You know, like, so he always wanted to evolve it. And like, I picked up on that and that's important to me. Like, in my in my social and personal life too because it's the same thing because like if you've always acted a certain way and you think it's right but come to find out that certain way you've been acting is how an asshole acts like you have to yeah <laughs> you have that you know what i mean there comes a point where you have to be like okay like i've been doing this wrong and i'm sorry and this is how we're going to correct it mm-hmm. i think the like life lessons but like don't get it twisted like they for sure sat me down on several occasions and directly told me but I think being around him and watching him interact with people, um, you sort of like subconsciously, you just soak that shit in. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're the sum of the people, I think. You're the sum of the, you know, what, the 10 people you spend the most time with. Yep. So, I mean, like me and my parents were driving an hour and a half each way to hockey games three times a week for yeah. my whole, you know what I mean? Yep. So a lot of that, I think um, I sort of sucked a lot of that in. That's great. So. Was your dad a goalie, or how did you pick goalie? Because that's a specific position. Yeah, uh, he never played, honestly. <clears throat> so just always loved it, and um, so I don't know what drew me to playing goalie. Yeah, I just yeah. know that my first game I ever played, I let in eleven goals and said I would never play hockey again. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> that's not a good hockey score. Yeah, I said I would never. We lost eleven to one, and I said I would never play hockey again. Wow! Um, you know that was my first game playing goalie. It was the first year, I, like in, within the first year of me playing, and um, and I and obviously that's not the case. But that was like a, a good lesson for me too. It was like, oh yeah. shit! Like <laughs> I just got my ass kicked, you know. And um, they sort of were big on like you don't get to quit mm-hmm. a team. Mm-hmm. Like once you start something, you finish it. Mm-hmm. So. I just had, I made it to the rest of that season and then it was like, well, it's time to play next season. You know what I mean? Yep. So, um, I don't know what drew me to, to I might be cause I, honestly, it might just be cause I'm kind of narcissistic and I, I feed off of that. Like I like eyes on me, you know? Okay, yep. And like, 
So it's a double-edged sword. Like, their eyes on you when you do good, but they're there, too, when you do bad. Definitely more pressure. So um, I was kind of... I don't know, man. I don't. I, I've never been asked that before. I don't know why. That's a good question. I don't That's know cool. what drew me. My dad might know. I'll let you. I'll ask him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> and, and another thing about hockey is it's got that. It's got that grit, mm-hmm. and it's like dirty. Yeah. One thing I've been thinking about lately is um, I like doing things that are like that. I, I have a landscaping company, and okay. so I'm I'm getting dirty all the time. I was up yesterday in the rain all day. Um, I like the gym because it's cold, it's like sharp edges, hard metal. Like it's yeah. actually uninviting to people and yeah. it turns a lot of people away. Can sure. you speak about like grit or like maybe how hockey kind of lended itself to the gym? And I mean, you seem to be into that stuff too. Yeah. So like, um, I think the whole, like, um, I don't want to, I've always been like sort of into counterculture type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like, with the hockey thing, I learned lessons there that kind of applied to, to real life. And I, I liked hockey because it was like tough. It was fast. Like there was no room for like being a baby about stuff. Yeah. But it was like, it all seemed to have like a purpose. It wasn't just like tough for no reason. And it was very like, um, camaraderie was big, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but I was sort of on the outside of that cause I was the goalie. So yeah. I was, you know what I'm saying? So you get to see that, but you're kind of like withdrawn from it in your own mm-hmm. deal. So I think like powerlifting, you know, you have like a powerlifting team. You have your training yeah. partners yep. or whatever it may be, right? But like, and you see that and you might look over and you might see everybody spotting someone or like you might be the one getting, but like when you're lifting, mm-hmm. like it's just you. It doesn't matter. Like those people don't matter. True. You know what I'm saying? So um, I I think that sort of applies to both things being a goalie and I like the like the tough like like you said like sharp edges like cold like mm-hmm. that sort of stuff sort of appeals to me I don't really know why because I'm not a particularly tough dude mm-hmm. I just think that like I, I like the the aesthetic of that and I've always liked um as soon as I started lifting weights I was like I like the way this feels yeah. I like the way this looks you know I like the way it makes me feel Yep. So I'm just gonna like do it all as much as I can. You know what I mean? Nice, cool. Um, you had a, you have a sister? I have two sisters. Two sisters, two older, younger? Both of them are older. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, I was the youngest of three. Oh wow! Did did they have um, an effect on you in your earlier years, or were you kind of like I I'm, um I have four sisters. Okay. Um, but I never. You know, I was kind of separate at times where I, I was the boy doing sports and boy things and they were the girls doing dance and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I would, I mean, I love my sisters and and looking back now, there's like a lot that I see, especially with like parenting my daughter, a lot that I took from like having a lot of sisters. Um, sure. Can you speak to anything that they have an effect on you? Yeah, so, like, my oldest sister, Katie, um, like, they were both pretty involved in, like, punk rock, and, like, you know, um, they're both, like, you know, mid-30s now, and um, they were both, like, heavily involved with, like, punk rock, skinheads, like, that whole, like, hardcore punk, like, that culture, right? Um, My oldest sister, Katie, more so than than the the younger of the two, Abby, Abby was more of, like, an athlete than, than that, you know what I'm saying? 
So I think I took from both of them. You know what I mean? Like, I think they both had an effect on me. Kate, Katie's like the type of girl that like, she's the type of person that like, she will do what she thinks is right no matter what she doesn't care. Like, that's just like, she will get herself into trouble because this is what she thinks needs to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then and, and Abby's a little more finesse and a little more sweet. Um, so I love my sisters to death, but they're very different people. So yeah. I think that like, I think I'm sort of a combination of the two because I was around them a lot too. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I coached Abby's hockey team for a while with my dad, even though I was younger, I helped him coach. And then like me and Katie spent a lot of time, like she exposed me to like the first hardcore CD I ever listened to the first, you know what I mean? Like she showed me who Metallica was, she showed me who Blood for Blood was like, so like the first time I saw a leather jacket with studs on it, like she was wearing it, you know what I mean? So (laughs) that sort of thing, like when, like just like certain stuff about that culture that Mm -hmm. I still grab onto now, you know, the first time I saw someone with stretched ears, like, it was her. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, my God, like, what is that? that. I, I want that, you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. So, um, yeah, I think I sort of took that from them. And they're, they're both very different people, but I'm still close with both of them. That's really so, cool. Yeah. Um, you said you went to college, and uh, it's funny because I, I made a post a little bit while back about um, meatheads and, and the gym culture. And there's, yeah. there's a lot of, uh, you know, opinions about, and, and even I had these, you know, growing up that like those big dudes in the gym, they're really dumb and all they do is lift heavy stuff. Um, but as I've spent time, especially at Brian's one to one this past year, I'm like, these dudes are the most knowledgeable, self-aware, um, <laughs> great people, but very intellectual. I mean, because these workouts are tailored to individuals or different types of people um and there's just so much like sophistication within mm-hmm. it um can you talk about educate college i guess and um and meatheads <laughs> yeah so like uh, uh i have a business degree so i think that that like helped you mm-hmm. know with with because i you know i run an online training st- thing now and um i think that that helped like just having that business mind frame yep um, and I've always been good with that. And like, you know, when I was younger, you know, like and getting into trouble selling stuff that I shouldn't be selling that sort of thing. Like it kind of lent it to that as well. Yep. Um, someone said something interesting to me the other day. I, I don't want to butcher it, but he said when, when people, he was a big guy and he's real smart. When people start, you know, acting like he's dumb cause he's a big tall guy. He's like, well, me being big, if that makes me you know, dumb, like, are you small because you're smart? You know, like, <laughs> right. It's like, uh, it's one of those things where I get that a lot. Like, you know, people might think like, Hey, like you might not be the smartest guy just because, you know, like I look abrasive. I look, you know, a certain way. Yeah. Um, but I think that a lot of this stuff, like there are so, a lot of really smart, really dumb dudes or are really strong, really dumb dudes. Yes. But like, uh, <clears throat> I think if to get to that next level, you do have to have that certain level of intellect, but because like, it's not just point and click. Like right. you have to be able to adjust. You have to be able to change things and like look back and like extrapolate information from like your past training stuff and and be able to know, you know, biomechanics and, and all that stuff, like to be really successful here. So when people look at it and they're like, oh, he's just a big strong goofball. Right. You know, be it 
like they have no idea how many books I've read. Yeah. How, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. ab about this, like for fun. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> you know when when you read a you know like a Russian training manual, like <laughs> just because you because you want to learn like that's not something that someone would do who is just a big dumb goof. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Well, I think that there's more that goes into it than people really think. You know, they just see it and they just think big, strong, idiot, steroids, dummy, like the whole, you know, right. like all the way up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's cool. way more to it. What college did you go to? Uh, Becker College in, in Worcester. Okay. Uh, is where, in Worcester, Mass, is where I played hockey. Um, I was there for two years. When I came um, back to New Hampshire, when I was done, I, um, I graduated from Southern New Hampshire University. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And like what town were you born in or, or what town did you grow up in? I grew up in Stratham, New Hampshire, so it's like 20 minutes from the ocean, 40 minutes from the White Mountains. Yep. So moving to Ohio was a change. <laughs> Flat and landlocked. <laughs> like a speed bump is a mountain out here, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, I miss seafood, but, uh, which I never thought I would say. But like, I, yeah. man, I would love to get some fresh shrimp out here, man. That's interesting. <laughs> Uh, but I grew up like on the seacoast, basically. Okay, cool. Um, is there any advice that, looking back to your younger self, that you would, you know, grab yourself by the by the collar and 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 say to yourself? Uh, man, like uh, that's tough because you know, part of me, like I, I always say, like I don't have many regrets. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I. I'm glad for the mistakes that I've made because right now, man, like, I, like I got a sick dog. Like my, my, I love my fiance to death. Like training's going good. Like, mm -hmm. if 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 those things hadn't happened, then I might not uh, might not be here. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I do wish, you know, like I carried a lot of anxiety when I was younger, still do. Um, but like the whole thing, like you know, when you try and tell like a young kid, like, hey, man, like I know school seems stressful right now, these social dynamics. But like, let me tell you, like you'll only talk to two people once you're out of high school. <laughs> like none of these people matter. Like right. they matter to someone, but yeah. they don't matter to you and they won't, you know, like mm -hmm. I wish that had been told to me at a younger age or, or that I'm sure it was. Right. But it's like, you know, we, we, I used to joke around with my buddy and say like, you know, those like those self-help books that are like, you know, computers for dummies and you know, all that stuff. So like yep. we talked about how if we made one, like how to be 20 years old for dummies, like, that would have no, been so helpful. The, thing, the only people that would read it would be like 30-year-olds being like, ah, and like laughing. And the 20-year-olds wouldn't read it. They'd be like, I don't need to yeah. know that. Like, I know everything, you know? You're not ready to take it in. A lot of people probably did tell us these things, but we right. weren't ready to, to accept it. Yeah, so like, I mean, I'm sure there's stuff that I wish I knew back then, but honestly, like, I'm so pleased with where I'm at right now, like, with life in general that, like, I'm happy for how it worked out. But I, I do wish that, that I had accepted that little fact a little bit earlier on. Really cool. Because down, like, if it ain't inside my 10-foot circle, man, I don't really care about it. Yep. Very, you know I mean? very narrow. So. Well, con <clears throat> congratulations on the on getting engaged. Yeah, man, yeah. Very cool. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I talked a little bit about, like, the grit in the gym and stuff like that. And, uh, um. I kind of use that type of stuff or I also use the term eating crow 
basically like just getting dirty, getting dirt under the nails, eating crap. Um, I mentioned uh, the other day, like I love eating a sandwich with the two heels of the bread <laughs> because I don't think a lot of that's like trash to a lot of people. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm just going to, I love this. I'll eat it. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of use that to like motivate myself sometimes like no one else is going to do this. And um, what can, what can you say about motivation and, and uh, what you use to get there? Yeah. So like, um, I would say like earlier, uh, when, when I first cleaned up, I would say that like my motivating factor was like staying clean. I hate myself for what I've done in my past. Like, mm-hmm. so I'm going to punish myself in the gym for it type stuff. And that motivated me to do things. Yep. Now, uh, it's weird because there'll be days where like, if I need motivation, I'll just think to myself, like, what do you need motivation for fool? Like no one's making you do this. Mm-hmm. Like you should like doing this or go home. And yep. that I'm like, Oh, okay, well I'm gonna stay here. Cause I like this, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, but then sometimes it's like, I'll pick a number. Like I have a number for a total that I want yep. and I'll just say it every single rep. Boom, oh boom, yeah. Boom. Yeah. Wow. Repetition. Boom. You know what I mean? Because then it's like, you know, the people that always repeatedly say, I don't want cancer, I don't want cancer, are the people who end up getting cancer. You know what I'm saying? Because right. it's just always, it's in there, it's always there. So I, I believe in the power of like positive thinking. Yep. Um, so I think that like, if I'm sitting there and I'm saying like, boom, boom, every step when I'm dragging a sled, like boom, 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 boom I'm saying the same number over and over and over again, yep. it's going to happen. It just has to, because it's just gonna. So like that for me helps me, or like with this big competition coming up, like it doesn't take much for me to be like, well, shit, man, like I I better do good here. Like this is a big stage, like this is a big deal. I'm spending a lot of money to go to Florida and do this, mm-hmm. and and there's a lot of people who think I'm gonna fall on my face. So like for me, I don't like basing my motivation off of giving the middle finger to people who think I'm gonna do do poorly. Yep. I, I definitely lived a lot of my life like that, but I like thinking more like, I'm going to do this to prove my people right. Nice. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I want to like, like when my girl looks at me and she's like, you're going to do something incredible. Like, I know you are. Cause I know you. Yep. And like, I would rather it be like, yes, you're yep. right. Then, then, then look at the person that said I wouldn't and say, screw you. Like, that feels good, but it only lasts a very short amount of time. The other one lasts way longer. Interesting. Yeah, you're saying? almost you're almost giving credit to the naysayers and trying yeah. to tear them down more as opposed to building up your small circle. Right. Yeah, and I mean, like, don't get me wrong, man. Like, it feels good. It feels good. Something <laughs> and then you do it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I like, I definitely get that. And but. I've had a few things change over the past couple months actually where it's kind of like readjusted my mindset and mm-hmm. uh, I'm really like hell bent on just like positivity. Like I want the people who I actually give a shit about to be proud of me and to be right when they say that I'm going to do good instead of, instead of the other way around. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause I know that I want the people that I want to do good. I want them to turn around and be like, I proved you right, man. Like you said, I was going to do this and I did. Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of that seems to come back to integrity and keeping your word and kind of lessons that you're, 
your dad was talking about all those car rides. Yeah, yeah, that stuff like really like just like if you say you're gonna do something, do it. If you say you're gonna be somewhere, be there. Like that type of stuff. Like they're really. Uh, I didn't know this podcast was gonna get this heavy, but yeah. Sorry, bro. Like, <laughs> I like that. No, I like that. I believe uh, in that the most, and especially since I've been parenting now. <laughs> Telling my daughter, like, I'm going to be there is, like, the most, like, if I'm not there, if I'm five minutes late, that yeah. fucks with me heavy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, um, my old man, like, just another, like, another story with my old man, it was funny, like, uh, my <clears throat> my second year, or my my second year playing juniors, junior hockey, uh, I hadn't played in, in probably seven or eight games. We were going to a tournament somewhere in upstate New York or something. Mm-hmm. I asked my coach, like, should I even bring my equipment type stuff? And he's like, nah. Like, my old man tells me, like, you're an idiot if you don't bring your equipment. Oh, really? Uh, like, bring it. You're like, what are you doing? Right. So my dad drove all the way out to Syracuse just to sit with me in the stands. No. Like, we were playing a two, a two-game series. The first game, both goalies shit the bed. Oh wow. Second game, I, he's like, you got your stuff. You're starting. <laughs> Good thing I you started, brought it. <laughs> I started. We won. Yeah, and yeah. Then I started for most of the rest of the season. Okay, and it was like because my my old man was like, "Don't be a loser, like don't be a dork, and like leave your stuff here on some like, what are you proving someone wrong by doing that? Like that's right. stupid. Right. Bring it, you know what I'm saying? And uh, and so like and that changed the course of a lot of things that kind of compounded from there. You know what I mean? So it's just like another lesson where it's like that whole like bite your nose to spite your face and like that ain't a healthy way to live. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So it was like a crossroads there where you took a, took a path. Um, can you talk, so uh, back to the motivation a little bit. Sure. What do you do? This happened to me a couple of weeks ago. You wake up and it's like max effort leg day and you just have a headache and, you, and you're groggy and you're just like, fuck, like, how, what do you do? So um, my thing with that is like just, I just have to get, if I'm really feeling like that, I just have to get to the gym. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. it. Right? So it's just one thing at a time. So it's like, oh man, I'm tired. It's all right. All right just got to get out of bed. Yeah. Just got to get in the shower. Like, and then it's like, all of a sudden, dude, if you just do those little things, uh-huh. it's like, all of a sudden, you're halfway through your, your, your warm ups and you're like, you know what, dude? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm 40 pounds off of my best right now. I'm going to make two more jumps and I'm going to get a PR right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's just those little things. It's like if you're running 10 miles, you don't look 10 miles in front of you. You look 10 feet in front of you. Gotcha. It's like that same sort of deal where it's like, and most of the time, hey, man, like a shitty day in the gym is better than if you stayed home and you were like a mopey crybaby about it. You know what I'm saying? Totally. <laughs> so it's like if you feel like not great, it's like get in there. And, hey, you might not have the best day, but like right. you might go in and have a really good day. Yep. And and then and you would have left that on the table otherwise. So breaking it down into small steps early. Go brush my teeth. Go. Yeah. Like all I gotta do is eat this bagel. Yeah. I just gotta eat this bagel. You know what I mean? Nice. And for me, that's that helps me because it's like once the ball starts rolling, dude. Like, like I said, I love this shit. So for me, it don't take much to get motivated. But like, if I'm feeling that way, it's just one step at a time. Very cool. So, um, speaking of morning, so this, this podcast is named breathe upon waking. Um, I guess initially because like the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is take like a nice deep breath and try to like 
focus on some gratitude, like whether it's I'm happy for this day or a person that's like in my life right now. Um, So on that one breath and then I go downstairs, get the coffee going and like meditate for 15 minutes. So I'm breathing there, focusing on that. Um, Can you speak about mornings like you could talk about a training day or non like what, what are some things do you do anything differently or in particular that you feel shapes your day i am very particular <laughs> like i'm like actually ocd to the max like my stuff doesn't change okay so okay. Uh, i have a, a very very routine with how i do stuff and um i don't really do any like calming stuff in the mornings mm-hmm. i'm more mm-hmm. like a like it's like a slow ramp up for me yeah. instead of like a type of deal. Like I'm more like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Like I like build up like that. Build. So, um, like getting that ball rolling, like I said, so it's usually just like the one thing I do like is like, I like really loud music. So if I'm in the car on the way to the gym and it's 5 AM, like the music <laughs> is loud. Like I like that. Like that for me is really good. But I mean, to speak for like, the breathing and, and and chilling and all that stuff. I do do um, isolation tanks once a week, so I go and float yeah, you said for an that hour. yesterday. Talk about that. Is that the salt water tank? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Is that for so, a mental, uh, you know, release, or is that for? Is there any um, help to your muscles recovery? Both. both. So like, I like it because like the first time I did it was crazy. It like gave me anxiety. Because I was like, I can't sit still for this long. Like, I, you know, I'm like a squirrel. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to, like, go. So, but uh, um, I found that, like, if I'm just beat up physically, you know, I like going in because it decompresses me. And I'll just put on a podcast and I'll just sit there and, like, kind of giggle to myself and listen to a podcast for an hour in the dark. Nice. And that's fine. But if I'm feeling anxious or, like, angry or, 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 or have, like, stuff that I'm trying to work out, I'll like intentionally not put on a podcast and I'll sit there in complete darkness and silence because it helps me work through those things. Now, are you trying to think through those things consciously or are you trying to let them slip away so that they can kind of categorize themselves? Yeah. Well, it's like weird, man. It's really hard to articulate because you like, right? Like, so you go in there and you're thinking like, you know, whatever it is, like, you know, if it's like a problem with your boss or something, like you're sitting there, right. like, I hate my boss, I hate my boss, I hate my boss, you're like, uh, and then yeah. all of a sudden it's like, it evolves into this other thing and your brain just sort of floats away. And then all of a sudden that like solution comes popping through. Like I've had like several experiences in the float tank where I'm stressed out about something mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then I'll like be thinking about it and then my thoughts will start drifting and you're kind of like in this meditative visualization type state. Yep. And then you forget what you're even thinking about. And then all of a sudden the solution comes like up out of the bottom and you're like, holy shit. Like <laughs> that, you know what I mean? Like that help, that'll help me in this way. And I can, this is how I can attack this particular issue. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of visualization when I was younger. My mom used to like walk me through like before hockey games and stuff. Yeah. So I'm good with a lot of that. I'm out of practice, but um, when I'm in the tank, like, I try not to think about anything specific, but it's, it's really, it's been really helpful for me. I would recommend it to anyone. Like, um, I know they have one out your way in Manchester. They have one. Um, and it's worth the money, dude. It's like once a week I go in there at the very least, 
my back gets decompressed. Yeah. And I get to just float in some Epsom salt and chill. That's great. And, and, and at the best, it's like I get that plus a humongous mental release. Like you come out and you're just like more calm. Mm -hmm. And like it just seems like it seems like you get to restart your day. You know what I'm saying? So that's the like, big routine that you get. You get that again. That's cool. Yeah, I really, really enjoy it. Are there any other new practices or experiences that you've been that you've been doing? I mean, that's a big one. Anything else new in your life that's like that other than the gym type of stuff? Uh, I do. I did start using like some CBD oil, and that's been really good for me. I don't know, like, I don't know if they sell that in New Hampshire or not. Not sure. Um, not sure. But that's been very helpful for me. I, I think. Who knows? So like, if it's if I think it's helpful, then it's helpful. Totally. You know what I'm saying? Yep. <laughs> it's in your head. But I do like. I've been out of practice. I used to write a good amount, and that used to help me a lot. I haven't done that in a long time, and um, I'm really into, um, like not. I wouldn't say spiritual stuff, but I would say like, like thoughts become things types. Could you explain so that a little bit? So I'm reading a book right now. Yeah, so like I'm reading a book right now called The Cabalion. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've read it, but it's basically like no. the original. It's like the original, you know that book, like The Secret, like that whole thing that yep. like Oprah did or whatever? It's like the original of that. Okay. Like they don't know who wrote it really. It's like this ancient thing and um, there's like seven principles and I would butcher them. I can't name them off, but a lot of it is like your perception is your reality. So like, if you choose to perceive things in a positive light, like they just, they just are, right? It just, you know what I'm saying? Like, and no one can take that away from you. And if you're like a negative crybaby, like then you're a negative cry and then everything's going to suck forever. Yeah. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. So like, yeah. And I'd rather mine be positive. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Cause I've done the other one. You gotcha. Know I mean? So that book, I'm, I'm, I'm not too far into it, um, but I've listened to a, a good amount of podcasts about that sort of thing. It's like, I think 90% of the shit that we deal with on a day to day is all upstairs. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that can turn anything into a positive or you can at least like not let it become this like devastating negative to you. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, you know, those people, like we all know those people, like they're always sick. They're always tired. They hate their job. They just, they're just, it's like, oh man, like, can you just you need to relax like you need to just look at something and have it be positive for once mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and that'll like slowly change everything yep so i really believe in like i know i said it before but it's like power of positive thinking is huge for me yep. that helps me on like a daily on like a day-to-day -day basis like i said like i've had some pretty major changes in the past couple months um and <clears throat> i think that if you make yourself right between the ears like everything else just falls into place. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I so, believe in perspective the most. It's, you know, it's the, you know, lens, the lens you see the world through. It could totally be shaped by what you're thinking upstairs, like you said. So absolutely. Very cool. Um, speaking a little bit more about philosophy, I've been working on, I'm actually working on a book and the whole theme is do more than you think. And I guess it kind of goes back to your salt tank stuff and like, that time where you're thinking less, but I've been noticing more and more that like we tend to overthink so much stuff. And, um, a lot of it comes down to fear. Like we have an idea, we want to do something. Um, 
but we don't implement it quickly. We wait, we wonder, we ponder, we think of like worst case scenarios. And then that idea is gone. And, and that idea was like something that was true to you, like to your core. And yeah. you didn't put action to it. So I've been like trying to put action. Like I have an idea. I want to do it. I want to find the cheapest and quickest way to like get into that and, and act around it. Stop thinking mm-hmm. about it. Can you speak to that at all? And like putting your ideas into action? Yeah, like I find that like people are do you do you listen to Gary Vaynerchuk? You know who Gary yeah, V is? Yeah, love him. Yeah. Like his yeah, he's the dude, right? Like yeah. I've been on that guy for like three or four years. Like he's the dude. <laughs> right. So like I've probably quoted him unknowingly throughout his yeah, yeah. Yep. happens. But like people are people don't I think people don't follow through with what they think because they're scared of what other people are gonna say. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? And that's something that he says it's like you can't really give a shit what other people are going to say. you got to just like do you, mm-hmm. you know? And like, if it makes you happy, then it makes you happy. And it is what it is. So like with my, like I have like a small clothing brand and then, you know, and I have like my online training and stuff. And it's like the online training stuff. I was like, man, like I don't want to, guys, I work construction forever, you know? Oh really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So like, I was like, man, I don't really want to do this. Like, especially out here, like I hate my job. Like I hate being on a, a ladder all day. Like this is the worst. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of finally took like my fiance, like, dude, like, let's just push your online training. Like, like let's get that big enough where you don't have to do that other thing. And it's right. like, the reason I held back on it for so long was because I was like, I didn't want to come off like a cheesy advocate, like DM me for rates type of, you know, like yep. that's just who I am. So, um, what I did was I just put it out there like the realest I could, like, I want to coach people. I'm not going to say it's, you know, like there's financial gain to it. Like I was just really honest with it and true to myself. And then it kind of worked out. It's not like I'm a wealthy guy by any means, but I don't have to get up at 7 a.m. and go stand on the ladder all day anymore. So that makes me happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And either way, you're going to have those folks that are saying bad things about it or supporting the hell out of it. Like my, like other people's opinions about me is none of my business. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Very like, cool, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, I think that if you have an idea or if someone has an idea they want to do something that's going to make them happy and it's not hurting anybody else, mm-hmm. all the fucking dice, dude. Like, do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have a, I'm really good friends with um, the guy who owns this company, Norse Fitness. Okay. He's, a, he's an awesome guy. And, like, his whole story is crazy, too, because, like, he was, like, working at a bar and, like, didn't like it and then he started selling t-shirts and then you know he had a kid and he's like i gotta support this kid and then he was just like fuck this like i'm going head first into this and now he's got this really successful business where he can support his family and like oh wow it took him like not giving a shit what anyone would say yeah to do that and like i really i look up to the guy for that because he like he heavy rolled the dice you mm-hmm. know what i mean like he yep. had a newborn and was wow. like nah dude i'm gonna do this and it's just like it was risky, but he just like he he was so sure that he could make it happen. You know what I mean? And he didn't care what anybody said. So I think if people have a good idea and, and they love it, then like fucking run with that, dude. You know what I mean? Because who knows, man? Like you know, you could die tomorrow. You might as well do some shit that you like today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very well said, man. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Cool, man. Yeah, I hope I hope this came out well, man. Like. Like I said, um, I think <laughs> I think people get it fucked up and they, they get it twisted where they think that, like you said before, like big, strong dudes are like 
there's no duality to us. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think that there are guys that are like that, but I've really come in the past like year or two, I've really come to grips with the fact that like I can like I can sit down and do goo gaga love you stuff with my girl and my dog. Yeah. And then I can also go and squat a thousand pounds later that day. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying? And I can also like not let someone disrespect me. You know what I mean? Like th- you can have all those layers. Like it's not just this like one thing. And it's like when people make it this like I have to be this or I have to be this. Like that's miserable, dude. Like, if, <laughs> like yeah, I'm, that's like, a really good way to wrap it up. Wrap it up. I mean, I think we all contain like multitudes, and we don't explore those enough. We get into this thing, this routine, and like I only do this, and that's the type of person I am. But it comes back to my kind of do more than you think. Like you have so many things going on up here. Like you said, to your point between your ears, like explore those things and, uh, and give them some love, you know? Yeah. Evolve. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Cool. So, um, Oh, thank you so much. Oh, and by the way, like I've read, it's interesting cause I've reached out to a bunch of people. I have, I haven't done any interviews on the podcast yet. Um, a lot of people haven't got back to me, but like, you didn't even know me and I reached out to you and within a couple of minutes, you're like, definitely do. Let's do it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, what, dude, what that was like, that about? That's that, that's that fear response. Like people don't want it. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, dude, like what's the worst? Like, you know what I mean? Like you're a cool guy. I didn't know you then, but I know you now. Like what's the worst that could happen, man? Like, let's talk. <laughs> I really appreciate it. That's cool. Good response. It's, it's all good, man. So on Instagram, people can find you at Anthony CW 13. On Facebook, Anthony Oliveira. Anything else? Any anywhere else you want people to go? Yeah. So uh, my clothing line is is Trigger Warning Conjugate. The Instagram is Trigger underscore Warning underscore Conjugate. If you look up the hashtag Stay Hated, yep. it comes yep. up. And um, that's that's my shit, man. If you if you want to, you know, t-shirts or coaching, I'm the dude. Very cool. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Well, I so appreciate you coming on the podcast, and uh, thanks everyone for listening. And by the way, the next time you wake up, don't forget to breathe.